Hello and welcome to Unfolding Nobility Podcast where we know better to do better. Hello, welcome again to Unfolding Nobility Podcast where we know better to do better. I am your host Florence Nzao and I'm so excited to host this episode after such a long time of launching the Unfolding Nobility Podcast. But here you go. So today I want us to just brainstorm on something that I have been contemplating about and I'm sure it is something that you've also thought about. Now this thing is on purpose. I am sure you've read a lot of books, you've had a lot of podcasts, you've read, you've had a lot of sermons, you've listened to a lot of speeches on purpose. And one morning, um, just recently, I woke up and I got myself asking the same question that why on earth, what on earth am I here for? Or how best I asked it is what on earth am I on earth for? And I'm sure it's not a very new question and it is not any new to anyone who wants to live a meaningful life. And when I'm asking that question, it's not because I am not living a significant life, but probably I have not reached to my epitome. And it's a very good question that you need to ask yourself as often as possible to keep yourself on track, to just make sure you're not existing. You're not among us the people who are populating the earth for no apparent reason. It's a very valid question, but I hope you always find an answer after that question. And so let me take you back to um, a time I was joining my campus studies. Uh, that is back in 2013. And for one reason or another, I'm called to do this particular course that I don't think is as fascinating. I actually didn't know what, you know, all that entails. And I remember for a moment, I thought I have lost my purpose in life. I thought I'm not making sense. I thought I'll not make any impact. There are all those kinds of feelings. And if you're a believer like I am, then you will agree with me that our lives are not our own. And so I remember um, one esteem, one lady that I so much esteem, her name is um, Dr. Loreen. And one time she called me and she told me, Florence Ritson, the book of Jeremiah says that it is not for a man to direct his steps. It is the Lord who directs the steps of a man. Up to today, that is close to eight years ago. Up to date, I hold on to that scripture that it is not for a man to direct his steps. It is the Lord who directed the steps of a man. And more so a righteous man who is submitted to him. But let me tell you, born again or not, a believer or not, we have to agree that there is someone who has mapped out a life for us. And that is why we call him God. And so when I was recently asking myself this question, I bumped into an insight that blew my mind. And that is what drove me to recording this podcast on a Sunday morning. I'm supposed to be going to church and I'm feeling, no, I want to go to church empty to be filled after I have released what is in my spirit. And I think this is out there to someone. And this is what... I was reminded, I wouldn't say I discovered because it's not something new, it's something I have known 
it's something that is familiar to you but i think this time around it has landed with with a different weight with a different you know density and so let me tell you Dev Ramsey says in his book, The Legacy Journey, where he talks about making wealth and living right, that your purpose will not find you on the coach unless you're looking for balance. I repeat that. Your purpose will not find you on the coach unless you're waiting for balance. And what he simply means is what um, B3 says in one of her most profound uh, summons on the purpose, finding purpose, is that that has been a question. There are people who find their purpose way when they are young. We bless the Lord for them. There are people who find their purpose way after retirement. And, you know, they are, they are so okay with finding their purpose there. They establish a business that flourishes and goes beyond one generation and another and another. And we read about them and you're like, wow, you know. And we think it was easy for them. There are people who find their purpose in their 20s. We are told that uh, our brains develop and mature rightly, slightly above 25. And that is when you begin to settle and begin to realize, oh, so life is ahead of me. The future I was waiting for, you know, the when I grow up is already here. And we all run different races. So your purpose, you might have found your purpose way when you were young. You know, you might be in the midst of confusion and not knowing what is the Lord calling me to do or what on earth am I on earth for? Like I can hear that question loud and clear and it's one of the most discomfort questions, especially if you don't have a response. Especially if, you, if your work is not making sense, you're going to work early in the morning, coming late at night, you don't feel the impact, you don't have the money, you don't do what you want. By the way, money is very important. We're going to talk about that some other time. And I know purpose is above money, but trust you me, that money is needed even in locating our purpose. But then, of course, money shouldn't be the focus. And she says clearly in what she details, that your purpose is right where you are. Just do good. Do your best in where you are. Stick to where you are. Not sticking in the sense that you're not flexible for change or you don't want to explore. But being faithful in what you are doing at the moment. Because that is where you will find your purpose. And so for a moment I thought about what she said. And I thought that is so profound. I will agree with her to an extent of what Dave said, that your purpose will not find you on the coach. How now? No. The world owes you nothing. So they will not find you on the coach. You will have to go out there and figure out what that purpose is. Even if that means, uh, you know, do an odd job, but get yourself doing something. I don't want to define the something because you know what you can do. Probably you even don't have the opportunity, the finances, or you're thinking maybe if I get a job, I'll be able to deliver well in this. Wait a minute. Go out there and do something. It could even be starting a podcast like I have done. This is out of my comfort zone. 
I mean, I love public speaking. I love talking. I love, you know, motivational. I love sharing insights. But holding a phone, talking as if you're talking to people, yet you're not talking to people, slightly behaving mad, <laughs> not an easy thing. But the challenge is get yourself doing something. Everyone who has discovered their purpose and they have shared a story on their purpose and how they have discovered their purpose, one thing is always profound, that they were doing something. Period. They were doing something. They were on the work. They were on the job. Others were doing what the least they could in the best way they could. And what this really means is sometimes you're probably stuck in your purpose, in finding your purpose, because you're so much focused on ahead and missing the blessing of now. Being present. Trust you me, the world is full of anxiety. And I totally, totally relate and I totally agree you know, the world of social media, that everyone is anywhere, you know, and as much as we are quarantined or we are restricted from social gatherings, there's still a lot of noise in our head. And I think that is why the Bible says in Psalms, that be still and know that I am God. Like God really understands that it's in our stillness that we'll be able to even find ourselves and find him. Now, listen, anyone who's found their purpose, and this is what. Um, I want to emphasize, was doing something. And they were doing that thing the best way they knew how to do it. What are you doing? And are you doing your best? The, we have been taught to set your 10 years goals, set your short-term and long-term goals, you know, plan of the years ahead. I am totally in agreement of looking ahead because definitely you will never go where you have not been in your head. Robin Sharma in his book says, um, the 5 a.m. club, the things are created twice. First in the mind and secondly in reality. So true to the word, focusing on the future is very okay. It's very right. You need to do that. But let me tell you, we are missing on the blessing of now. And the book of Acres of Diamond will tell you rightly that the diamonds you're looking for, 99%, they are in you and not outside you. And so when we start embracing the blessing of now, we will start giving our best in our now as we trust in the Lord to lead us to our purpose, which is something that we ought to do. When the Bible says that whatever you do, do it with all of your heart, as if doing it for God and not for man. Colossians 3.23. It's not once or twice that the Bible is telling us about giving our best in what we, are, in what we find ourselves to do. But trust you me, I have been a victim of this. You know, where I am working and at the same time, I'm using my employer's internet to look for another opportunity because I think, mm, probably I'll be more satisfied when I get more money. I'll be more satisfied when I work in this place. Wait a minute. It's okay to apply for those opportunities, but not at the expense of where you are. Not at the expense of doing what you are doing. 
I want you to embrace the blessing of now. The blessing of the present. Just knowing I am mopping this house. It is my house, yes. But I'm mopping it as if I am fellowshipping with the Lord in this house tonight. That I am going out there to sell this shop on behalf of my employer. Sell it so well with a lot of excellence. Because along the way, my purpose will be found. Probably someone will notice you. But above it all, God notices. And excellence is unhideable, by the way. If there is something you can't hide, it's excellence. That one you can't, you can't fake it and you can't hide it. So it will be out there. And so one thing that I totally, totally embrace and I'm teaching myself is to be present. To be very present and to enjoy the blessing of the now, giving my best. And every time I ask myself, what on earth am I on earth for? One thing that comes to my mind is give your best at your job. Give your best at refining your skills. Give your best at whatever responsibility is at. Stop saying that you're late at 25 because you've not discovered your purpose. Nay, time is not on your hands. Trust you me. It is none of your business on how time runs as long as you have committed it to God. He is the author of time. So he's able to fast forward time. He's able to rewind time or even pause time. Ask Elijah. So clearly, I know this is a question that you and I will ask ourselves several times or you will meet someone asking that. Congratulations to you, by the way, if you have already discovered your purpose and you're living your purpose and living a fulfilled life. We bless the Lord for you. But for the rest of us who still are asking God, what on earth am I here for? Or you completely know what you're here for, but you feel your steps are so baby-like. Like, pole pole too. Like, where will I, when will I even get there? Enjoy the blessing of now. Make up your mind to give your best. Let in the next seven days, in the next 14 days, in the next 21 days, your employer not a change. And they are like, what happened? It's because I discovered I am in my purpose. Because God doesn't do things by accident. He is an intentional God. He doesn't do things by accident. Remember what you have now could be something you prayed for. So why is it that we are so ungrateful that what was once our prayer item is no longer a thanksgiving item but a complaining item? It's an awakening call, right? Whoever is talking to you is an amateur. And also in the line of finding her purpose. But I'm so grateful that even doing this makes me fulfilled. And I hope you will be blessed and you will share it with someone and you will drop a comment and tell me what else do you think is something that I need to talk about in this podcast where we are unfolding nobility because we want to know better to do better. Sometimes you can't do what you don't know because if you don't know, you don't know and you clearly don't know and you're not supposed to be blamed for not knowing but apparently ignorance is no defense especially in our country so i want to leave you with this word it's from the book of psalms and it's a word that i came across um like a month ago 
and it encouraged me especially in the line of purpose you are in the right place as long as you're doing the right thing and if not if you're not doing the right thing just start doing it right now just start doing right now you know because the lord is intentional with your life very intentional so psalms 32 verses 8 um the previous verses uh the uh, david is talking about you know the blessing of someone who has been forgiven and verse 8 are a direct quotation of god and this is what he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Verse 9 says, do not be like, like the horse or the mule with no understanding, but must be controlled. But I will not go there. So there are four things that I picked on this verse that has transformed my prayer life. That has transformed my trust that has built on my belief that I will instruct. There is the teaching, there is the counsel, and there is the watching over. Trust you me if you surrendered to God. Or even if you're existing. I mean, I don't believe there is anyone who's in existence and no one is ruling over their lives. There must be a force in control. And I want to trust that that is God. He will instruct you. He will teach you in the way you should go. He will counsel you and watch over you. So if you have found your purpose, please stick to your purpose and help someone else find theirs. If you have not yet found your purpose, it is not too late. The greatest challenge I pass to you as I pass to myself is be in the present. Plan for the future, but be in the present. Give your best in that volunteer job. And by the way, before I got my first job, I volunteered for 18 months in three different organizations. And I'm telling you, it took a lot of grace to volunteer. But it's because I knew I have something to give and I have to put myself out there to let the world know I have something to give and to feel satisfied. Apparently, um, in the in the three you know organizations I volunteer in the span of eighteen months, I gained a lot of skills. I gained a lot of relationships that are standing to date, and so profound relationships. I think we're gonna talk about the power of networking at some point. And one thing that it has populated my CV, and not just that, it gave me purpose. I have not worked for a long time, but when I compare the impact of the 18 months of volunteer, you know, that I was doing on voluntary basis, like I consciously decide I am not gaining anything, but I'm going to give out my skills. I have been more fulfilled. I think there is always a sense of fulfillment when you do something, not expecting anything in return. My father would like telling me, you know, would love telling us in the family that you have not done anything until you do something to someone who can't repay you think about that so stick to where you are enjoy the blessing of the now stop admiring the the higher ranks stop wishing that your colleague uh, is fired so that you can take their position no we can't find our purpose with malice so what you do be grateful of the present that does not hinder you from dreaming it gives you energy to give your utmost best utmost best 
and trust in you. It is in the giving our best that our purpose aligns with us. Purpose will locate you. You will not have to go look for it. Thank you so much for listening to me. This is Unfolding Nobility Podcast where we know better to do better. I am your host, Florence Zao. Kindly drop your comment, subscribe, and share it with a friend. See you in the next episode. God bless. Hello and welcome again to Unfolding Podcast uh, with your host, Florence Zao. I'm so excited to be doing this uh, piece because it's an insight from my devotion, a devotion I have been doing um, way back, but something that has been repeatedly. And when I woke up in this morning and I was a bit anxious about a number of things, the word brought this word back to my spirit. And I thought, well, probably I need to share it with someone. So welcome. This is where we know better to do better. Because as we said in the last episode, you can only do to the best of your knowledge. So welcome. Um, our reading today comes from the book of Psalms 32 verses 8. This is what the Bible says. That I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding. Well, I'll stop there because my focus is on verses 8. The first time I came across um, this psalm, I wanted to understand the context of these words. The previous verses in these psalms are the words of David, and he's talking about the benefits of the righteous, the benefits of anyone whose sins are forgiven. But when it comes to verse 8, there is a tonal change because now it's no longer David who's speaking, but rather God who is saying that I will do this to you. And there are different things that I picked up here that have really been pushing me to go forward, that have really built my confidence, that have really built my dependence on God. And someone said that I'm so weak that I need to survive by depending on God. And I totally agree with that. And that is what this verse brings back to my mind. And um, we have to agree, number one, that anyone who's forgiven is blessed. If there is one blessing that we can embrace, is the blessing of forgiveness. And even when you don't go about the God and us relation, just think about you having wronged someone and someone forgiving you. I mean, that is a blessing. It restores uh, the trust, it restores re the relationship because forgiveness is a key thing. So how much more is it of us who are forgiven by Christ? And so uh, there, the, there are three or four components that I got from this, um, from this verse. Number one, God is saying, I will instruct you, I will teach you, I will counsel you, and I will watch over you. And I was trying to think, um, we would superficially assume that all these words mean the same. But in my study, I realized, no, wait, these things are not placed here because they mean the same thing. This is what the Bible says, that I will instruct you. Instruction is something that is given to you to follow. So instructions are meant to be followed and not to be questioned. 
for example, if you have an instructor's ma manual, if you've bought an electronic and you don't know how to use it or you're not sure what to do, because I mean, these electronics are different depending on the different companies or the different makes. The first thing you'll always do is go to the instructor's manual and follow the instructions. And you will not question why the manual is telling you to do this. You will not question why they, they're telling you to plug it here and not here. Because instructions are meant to be followed. And so when God is saying that I will instruct you, he's meaning to give us instructions that we are not supposed to question. And we are not supposed to inquire. We are not supposed to challenge. We are supposed to follow. Interesting enough, God saw that this is not enough. So he went ahead to say that after instructing you, I will teach you. So teaching is another kind of relationship. It's a student-teacher relationship where now there is the interaction. Unlike the instruction phase, in the teaching, you are able to ask questions. You are able to challenge your tutor or your examiner or your, you know, whoever is teaching you. So this is always a point of interaction. So the relationship with an instructor and the user, for example, in the context of using a manual, there is no, there is a distant relationship. So despite God telling us that I'm going to give you instructions or rather I'm going to instruct you, he's calling us into a relationship on the teaching. So he's saying that I will teach you. So meaning that we will have a relationship where you can question what you do not understand. You can I can give you rewards when you do good. I can punish you when you're not doing good. I mean, you can imagine of any kind of relationship you've had with a teacher at any point of your life, because I believe you've gone through school or you've, have a you've had a teacher at some point in your life. And so God is saying, I will teach you. I know we all love the aspect of teachers, but there are still teachers who are never our favorite in school. Why? Because they seemed too harsh, because they seemed, um, they don't have our interest at heart. I remember our CU patron who was um, <laughs> one of my best teachers, but he didn't become best, but until later. And this teacher used to punish us for the slightest mistake. But then what was so known about him is that if you're part of the Christian Union or the Fellowship of the Students, you would be punished double. So if other people are getting a punishment of canes, four canes, they, he would intentionally double when he realizes you're, you know, in the fellowship of believers. And while he was doing that, he was saying, you have to guard your reputation. You can't represent God in a wrong way. And I didn't get to understand what he's doing. And by the way, that is what I have come to understand with our relationship with God. Sometimes you think I'm serving God right. You know, I'm doing everything okay. But God seems to be so harsh with me. It's because he wants to bring the best out of us. Story for another day. But then in this verse, what he says is, I will teach you. I will have a teacher-student relationship with you and have a closeness with you. And even in the closeness, there will still be exam time when the teacher remains silent. One of the times that I don't even fancy but they happen in our lives and our relationship. And also something about teaching, it involves the passing of knowledge, just transmission of knowledge from one person who knows better to another person who knows least. And isn't it 
amazing how the Bible says that let us have the transformation of our mind. We can only be transformed in our mind if we sit in the class of God and get to know his mind. It's a journey. It's never a destination. And number three, the Bible says, especially in the version that I'm reading, is that I will guide you. Now, unlike instructing and teaching, guiding is sort of a combination of both, but guiding is more of telling you what to do and how to do. And in most instances, a guide is always with you. We went for a trip at Mount Longonot some years back and... We couldn't go up until we got a guide. So we were delayed for around 30 minutes waiting for a guide to come. So as much as they would instruct us and tell us, you know what you're going to do? You're going to use this path. And then when you get there, turn left, turn right. As much as they would do that, they still found it necessary for us to have a guide up the mountain. And so God is telling us that I will guide you. So he saw that teaching is, instructing is not enough. Teaching is not enough. Guiding is not enough. And Number four, he says that I will advise you. Wait a minute. I will advise you. What is an advice? It's something that you may or may not follow. It's someone who's given you a piece of their mind. So it's your, cho it's your choice for you to know how to go about it. And so God is saying that I will advise you. Isn't he the one who said that, you know, life and death are in your hands? Choose you. Um... God is trying to speak to us in verse 8 and he's telling us that I will advise you. The Florence, there is this way that you can go. There is this alternative way you can go. But my advice would be that you take this first alternative. That is God. The Bible says in Revelation that he stands at the door and knocks. He is not a violent man that storms in the door as much as he will have the power. He's such a gentleman that he stands at the door and knocks and it is our obligation for us to open for him or not to open for him it's our duty and the consequences we bear thereof and uh, when he says in this verse that he will advise us he's a good counselor we call him a counselor he will guide us and that is very very necessary when you're going to a counselor or you're going to an advisor in this context you always want to hear their perspective characteristics of a good counselor is that they never go to solve a problem for you they will only give you options and then let them let you solve the problem yourself so god promises to instruct us he promises to teach us he promises to guide us he promises to advise us but more importantly towards the end of that particular verse he says something very very profound that above all else I have said I will do, I will watch over you. And I love how the Swahili says, Nitakuangalia kwa jicholangu. Like my eye will not come from you. You see how um, a mother monitors a baby, probably the baby is crawling and they're in, a, in an open surface, you know, and the baby is crawling the mother would most likely having a conversation with you or with someone else, but the eye is on the child, you know, just turning the head the way the child is moving because the eye needs to be on the child so that the child may not, you know, harm themselves or do something and not so good. And that is what God is promising, that I will watch over you. There's a certain kind of energy I felt when I came to realize that 
Well, above all, if all else, God is saying that I am watching over you. Said that even the times that I have not followed the instructions well, and the time that I missed a class and it's kinda I messed up, and the times that um, I didn't follow him as a guide well, and the time that I took the wrong advice, he's still watching over us. This is so unconditional. It's unlike the advice bit where, you know, the condition is on you. Which one are you going to choose? This one is entirely on him. And he's saying that I will watch over you with my eye. I will watch over you. And what a confidence to just know that we have a God who cares for us all around. That he will surround us. He will be with us. You know, he will go ahead of us. Like the like what Sam says, that I will go ahead of you. I will be behind you. I will surround you all over. That is the God who speaks in Psalms 32 verse 8. To the blessing of anyone who has agreed to submit to him. Who has agreed to embrace the forgiveness of sin. And when I read this verse... I read it as if I have never seen it again. I read as if I have known God today for the first time with a lot of eagerness, with a lot of, you know, good anxiety, with a lot of wanting to know God. So I have a lot of blessings and I knew not of them. Not because I didn't really understand, but because I didn't fathom um, what instructing mean, what teaching mean, what guiding mean, what advising mean, and what watching over me means. But I totally, totally love what he has said. And as usual, after my devotion, my next step is to ask myself, so what next? So what is my to-do part? And I totally agree that as much as these blessings are pronounced to us, there's always the human component. The problem with us Christians is that we expect God to do his part and do our part too. A misguided information. God is faithful to them that are faithful. That is what the Bible says. And so for him to execute all of these, we need to be attending, you know, we need to pay close attention to his instruction, you know, play, pay a key attention to his teaching, show interest in his guiding, choose what he prefers for us, and embrace the fact that he's watching over us. And so even in the darkest place or the highest place and the lowest, we still know that he is watching over us. And so what, is that the, what does the Lord require of me for me to be a beneficiary of these blessings and psalms 32 verse 8 is number one to show up and be available and to stay open and receive. I hope this gives you an encouragement and a challenge. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host Florence Zhao and this is Unfolding Nobility Podcast where we know better to do better. Have a blessed day.